Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I want you to go with me in your Bible this morning to the third, uh, to third John, the third epistle of John. And we looked at this passage last week, and I want to look at it again today. This will be our theme text uh, for the series that we started last week. John, that's little John, the third epistle. And verse number one, we'll start in verse number one. It says, the elder, speaking of himself, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Verse two, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Everybody knows that God wants our soul to prosper completely and entirely and fully and in every measure and in every degree. Isn't that right? He said, I pray that you will prosper and be in health to the same degree that I pray that you prosper spiritually and are health, in health spiritually. Amen. God wants you well. God wants you to be well. Now, I want you to, in this series, I want you to discipline yourself every service because familiarity with a Bible truth can result in lack of reception. For the word of God to have an impact, it has to be received as the word of God. I was reading this morning while we were singing, I turned over to 1 Thessalonians and Paul uh, was writing to the church there and he was talking about how he, how the gospel came to them. He was the first uh, person to preach the gospel in the city of Thessalonica. And he said, when I came to you, he said, uh, I did not come in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost. So there was a, there was a demonstration of power. God confirmed the word. The people's lives were changed. But then if you go on reading a little more, he gives more insight. He said, because when you heard the word of God, you didn't receive it as the word of a man, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which powerfully works in those who believe. Now, when you've heard a Bible truth, many times, if you hear it again, you, if you're not careful, just unconsciously, you can do this. You can drop back down into a level where I've heard that and I know that, Pastor. Jesus made this statement, or, or it was said about him. It says that he preached the word as they were able to receive it. Really, no minister can minister beyond the reception of the people. The word cannot be ministered more than people will receive it. And so there has to be a pull. There has to, you have to reach out and, and, and hunger for the word of God and lay hold of it. Amen. 
I, I know Pastor Nancy was talking about uh, ministering in Russia where Pastor Angela and I are, are praying about going uh, uh, next year. And uh, she and several other of the ministers that I know that have ministered over there, they, they said, when we preach over there, we don't, we're not able to really flow in the, in the fullness of the gift because the people there, are, they've never been taught to receive. He said they sit there, the congregation sits there, and everything that they're hearing, the whole word of faith message is brand new to them. They've never heard it before. And he said, they said, these people are sitting there in the pews and they're, they're trying to lay hold of it up here. And, and they're, not, they're not pulling anything. Uh, they're not making a spiritual demand. And he said, because of that, several different pastors told me the same thing. They said, the flow that we're used to having is not there because the people are not, they don't know they're supposed to listen with their heart. Amen. And so you, you need to listen with your heart. Amen. Amen. And uh, don't let past failures in the area of healing and health, don't let those past failures or, or past areas where you've struggled, don't let that hinder you. Amen. Put all of that behind you because God wants you well. He wants his church to be healed and then be, go beyond being healed and live in the place of divine health. Are you listening to me? Divine health is different than divine, than divine healing. It's one thing to, to be sick all the time and, and be getting healed. It's another thing to walk where the divine life of God is flowing through you. And, and when sickness and, and disease attempts to attack itself, to attach itself to your body, you say, no, you don't. I'm not having that. And, you, and, and the spirit of God quickens your mortal body and you walk in a place of victory all the time. That is available to the church of today. That's available to the church of today. Amen. God wants you well. And I, I pointed out this passage. And I, I do want to go over just real quickly a couple of the scriptures we looked at, but I won't take the time I did last week. Go over with me to Matthew chapter 8. And this is just sort of an introductory passage, but it says so much. There's so much in this simple three words that Jesus uttered. In Matthew chapter eight, it says, when he had come down from there, the multi, from, from the multitudes, or, or from the mountain, excuse me, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Notice he said, if you are willing, I know you can. I'm just, I'm just not sure if you're willing. Jesus put out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing. Be cleansed. I am, the older, the regular King James, the older King James, you know, it says that, that the leper said, if you wilt or if you will. And Jesus said, I will. There's no more definitive expression or statement in the English language, then I will. I will. 
That is the answer of Jesus and that is the answer of God concerning your healing. I will. I will. Glory to God. Now somebody could argue, well, that that just applied to this leper, that Jesus was willing to heal him. But we pointed out, if you go over, this is in the eighth chapter, if you go over a little further in this chapter, in verse 16, it said, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. Now, if you read Mark's version of this and Luke's version, Mark records the same story in Mark chapter one. Luke records it in in, uh, Luke chapter four. If you look at their versions, you'll see that the entire city was at the door. And they brought every sick person in the city, every demon-possessed person, every person that was bound with any type of, of, of sickness or oppression, they were all there, every one of them. If you look at the other two versions of this versions of the story, you see that. And it says that he healed them all. He healed all who were sick. He cast out all the evil spirits and healed all the sick people. And in Luke's version, I think either Mark or Luke's version one, it says that Jesus placed his hands on every one of them and healed them. Now, that, I don't know if that means something to you, but to me, that's very significant. It, because sometimes we get the idea that God does things, you know, in mass, and sometimes people slip in. You know, uh, that God, God's not fully aware. We know he is, but unconsciously we think these things. You know, we go, Pastor Greg and I go to Africa every year and uh, in Christopher Allen's crusades, he doesn't lay hands on the sick. He just prays a mass prayer and there are thousands of people out there and, and people just start getting healed. And people come up on the platform, you know, and, 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 uh, and uh, they give testimony. And, and last, earlier this year, I guess, or last year, a woman came up to testify she had been healed. And she came up to the platform and, and Christopher said she was a beautiful woman. I mean, just, you know, kind of really caught your eye. She was so pretty. And she was standing in the line and she was, she was about to give her testimony. She was a guy. She was a man dressed like a woman. She had this real deep, gravelly voice. She was a trans, what do you call that? A transvestite or something, trans something, messed up person. And he said that, he said, I, I'm, not, I'm not very often at a loss for words. He said, I, I didn't know what to say. And, uh, and so he just let her say a couple of words and the crowd started laughing because they all knew, you know. But my point is, we get the idea sometimes that, that somebody just slips through. That God, you know, God really, if God was really thinking about it, he wouldn't have healed that transvestite. Well, we know that's, if you, if you examine it, you know that's ridiculous because God knows everything. But, but on the other hand, you think that, well, you know, sometimes people just get healed and, you know, and, and you know, God just sort of throws it out there and whoever takes it. But here it's said that he looked, he, he laid hands physically laid his hands on every single person in that city that was sick and he healed them all. 
Oh, glory to God. See, I know there was somebody in that crowd like you. I know there was somebody in that crowd like me. I know there was somebody in that, in that city, in that entire city in Capernaum, there was somebody who was as inconsistent as you are. There was somebody as, not, as unfaithful sometimes as you occasionally might be. You don't know, you know understand what I'm saying? In other words, the, the city was full of people like us. The, the city was full of people like you, like me. And, he, and he, if he laid his hands on them, he had to look them in the eyes. And he healed every single one of them. And, and we don't have time to go over all the scriptures, but again and again, you see it just in Matthew's gospel alone. Matthew 9, 35, Matthew 12, 15, Matthew 14, uh, 34 through 36. You don't have to write these down just as an example. Matthew 15, 30 through 31, Matthew 19, verse 2. And if you go into the book of Mark and Luke, you get the same thing over and over again. It says he healed them all. And, and some of these was not... It was not just a case of a city. He was out in the area where people came to him from all of the surrounding, region, surrounding regions. Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, uh, 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 Capernaum, uh, uh, Decapolis, all of these areas. There had to be massive crowds and he healed them all. God wants you well. Go with me over to the 103rd Psalm. Pastor Angela mentioned this this morning. Uh, in her exhortation earlier, but I want us to look at it. Psalm 103. Hallelujah. I want you to see that forgiveness and healing go hand in hand. Forgiveness and healing go hand in hand. One goes with the other. You could refer to healing or forgiveness and healing as the twin mercies of God because they're twins. Go with me, uh, like I said, to Psalm 103. Pastor Angelo quoted this this morning, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all all your diseases. Notice how forgiveness and healing are side by side. They're offered together. He says, do not forget all his benefits. You see, much of the church world has forgotten half his benefits. You'll find Christians everywhere and even unbelievers generally know that God will forgive everything that it's his will to forgive everybody and he is a forgiving, gracious God. But half the church and, and, and most unsaved people do not know that healing is offered on the same terms that, that forgiveness is offered on. Who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all your diseases. These are the twin, like I said, the twin mercies of God. Go over with me to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. I saw a preacher on TV this morning preaching the same thing. I thought, well, praise the Lord. He's listening to the Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Isaiah 53. 
surely, this is speaking of Jesus, he, he was wounded for our, verse five, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Notice that on the cross, when Jesus was crucified, the wounds, the stripes, the, all that, that went into his suffering on the cross, all of the, uh, of the uh, barbaric and brutal wounds that he took, he took those wounds for our sins and our iniquities and for our sicknesses. He bore our sins and he bore our sicknesses on the cross. And, and it was all at one time. There was one act of, of sacrifice. There was one offering of the Lord Jesus on the cross and it accomplished our forgiveness and our healing. You could say this, that all of our sins were put away on the cross. All of our sicknesses were put away on the cross equally and at the same time. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Go with me to James chapter two. Excuse me, James chapter five. James chapter five. Hallelujah. Verse 14 says, Is anyone sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him to determine if it's the will of God to heal him. Is that what it says? <laughs> no, it says if there's, any, if there's any sick, call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will heal the sick, save the sick. The word that's translated save here is, is the word that is translated save and heal. Other places it's translated heal. It's when you find the word heal or healed in the, in the New Testament, it's this word sozo uh, and it means to heal in whatever measure is under discussion. If it's talking about saving somebody spiritually or, or saving their body, it's the same term. So it says, and the prayer of faith will save or heal the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Notice, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. You see again the connection between forgiveness and healing. They go hand in hand. Amen. Sin and sickness, neither sin and sickness are God's original plan for man. God didn't create man to live in sin. And God didn't create man to live in sickness. If you look in the book of Genesis, which is the book of beginnings, when you see how God created Adam and Eve and how he placed them in the garden, this is how he intended for all people to live. They lived without sin. The Bible says that God would come down in the cool of the day in the garden and would walk with them and have fellowship with them. And there was no sin, there was no separation, there was no uh, estrangement between them and God. There was complete and open fellowship because there was nothing between them. And they were perfectly healthy. You don't see Adam and Eve, you know, trying to cover up because they might catch a cold. 
Amen. No, they, there, there was no, there was no, uh, the idea of, of, of sickness in the Garden of Eden is completely contrary to the whole, uh, to the whole picture. God created man and placed him in the garden and he was perfect. Glory to God. But we know, we read this when we were studying about the name of Jesus, that through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin. Remember that? Romans 5, 12, through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin. And so death passed upon all men because all sin. You see, sickness is a result of death. Spiritual, I'm talking about spiritual death. All sickness in the earth came in as a result of spiritual death. Spiritual death resulted in several hundred years, resulted in physical death. I'm talking about as far as natural, we know that, that Cain killed Abel. But apart from that, it took Adam over 900 years to die. The human body wasn't created to die. There was no death in the original blueprint for man. There was no death in the DNA of Adam because his spirit was alive unto God. But when he sinned, he was separated and the Bible says that spiritual death came into the human race as a result of Adam's sin and then it passed down to all men because all sinned. And, and spiritual death eventually brought physical death. And sickness is, a, is, a, is an expression of death. It's death on the, on the installment plan. It's death a little at a time. But it wasn't God's plan. It was not God's plan in the beginning. And if you look, into, if you look at heaven now, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's nobody up there sick. There are no hospitals in heaven. There's not a pharmacy on the corner in heaven. There's no sickness there. And then if you go over to the book of Revelation, glory to God, when you look at, the, at, at how it's gonna be for eternity, when God sets everything right again, oh, glory to, glory to God, there'll be no more sorrow, nor crying, Neither will there be any pain. It says God will wipe away every tear from, from the eyes. Oh, glory to God. There will be no sickness in the future. Well, if there was no sickness in the beginning and there's no sickness in the future and in heaven there's no sickness, Jesus said, pray, Father, your will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. God's will in the earth is the same as it is in heaven. It, there's no sin in heaven and he doesn't want sin here. There's no disappointment in heaven. He doesn't want any disappointment here. There's no fear in heaven. There does, doesn't need to be any fear here. He says, pray that God's will would be done here just like it is in heaven. Glory to God. <coughs> Hallelujah. Now, you might say, well, pastor, I've heard this, and I believe it, but I've not always been able to, to lay hold of that. Well, like I said, don't let your past failures trip you up. I don't care, or I should say it this way, it's not important to me. It's not important 
what's happened in the past. What's important is what you believe. Amen. God wants us well. Completely, that's his plan. God wants us completely free from all medical care. Now, we're not against medical care. Thank God. If it wasn't for hospitals and doctors, most Christians would be dead. <laughs> but there's a better way. Amen. God wants you well, and it's his promise. It's his promise. Glory to God. Go with me to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Amen. Psalm 91. My pages are sticking together over here for some reason. Look what it says in the last verse. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. With long life. God wants you to live a long life and a satisfying life. You know, you can live a long time and, and not be satisfied. You can live a long time and be tormented. You can live a long... My, I had a brother, my brother, when he was in his 40s, suffered a, a massive heart attack and was subsequently, he, he had a heart transplant. And he lived another, what, 15 years? 15 years or so, approximately 15 years. Uh, you know, as a heart transplant recipient, and uh, it finally took him out, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't the best 15 years you could live. He was on a tr all of these anti-rejection drugs, which basically suppress your immune system. Said, you know, you can't crawl under the house and work on anything. You can't scratch yourself. You can't be around anybody that is, has anything wrong with you. You have to quarantine yourself because his immune system was so suppressed and so compromised all of those years. He had to be careful where, where he went. He, he basically had a, had a small pharmacy with him everywhere he went. When he traveled, he had to take a suitcase full of drugs. All of those things affect a person. And yeah, he was alive, but... But he wasn't living the way we're supposed to live. Thank, I thank God for what medicine can do. And what, when I say medicine, when I'm talking medical science, I, I thank God for what they can do. But I tell you what, it's a poor substitute for what God can do. A very poor substitute. And, and, and it's better than nothing. And thank God for the people who have, who have given their lives to study and, and to uh, learn and to uh, practice in these areas because they do relieve a lot of suffering. But I tell you what, God's way is the best way. And you can live free from sickness and disease, free from treatment, free from medicine, free just walking in God's life. He said, with long life, I will satisfy you. And show you my salvation. Go over to the third uh, chapter of Proverbs. Hallelujah. I love these passages. 
Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 1. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. It says over in Isaiah, the scripture we looked at a few minutes ago, that the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And I like the way the Amplified translates that part of, of Isaiah 53.5. It says the punishment necessary to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. See, the devil will lie to you and he'll say, well, you know, and he'll, and he'll bring up areas where you've missed it. He'll bring up areas where you fall short sometimes. He'll bring, bring up areas where you haven't been maybe as, as perfect as you ought to be. Maybe areas where you've missed God and he'll point those things out and he'll say, well, you know, if you lived, you know, a, a better life, if you were a better Christian, if you were a better person, then, then you could expect to be healed all the time. But, but because you mess up every now and then, you really can't expect God to do much for you. That's a lie. Because the punishment. See, what he's saying is, what the devil's really saying is, is you have to be punished a little bit more. You have to be punished a little bit more. You're, you're not really measuring up and so God's going to not really heal you because, because this sickness is part of the punishment. I, I, I noticed an old friend of mine, somebody that I was raised uh, uh, with knowing you know, from, from a teenager. She started coming to the church that I attended when, when, she, in, in, uh, when she was a teenager and uh, married a man in the church that I grew up with and have known all my life. And, and she put a posting up on Facebook uh, just a couple of days ago, and it said something about, there, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember exactly what it said, but it said, there's a reason for all the pain. And, and then it talked about, you know, that God's in control. And a lot of people believe, well, there's, you know, there's a reason why I prayed and I asked God and, and I didn't receive my healing, so there has to be a reason why God is working something out. God worked it out on the cross. He worked out the healing on the cross. He worked out everything necessary for you to walk in health and peace on the cross. The chastisement, the punishment. Necessary to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. You don't have to work anything out. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Go over with me. You're, in here, in the, you're here at the third chapter of Proverbs. Go to the fourth chapter. I love this. Let's see where I want to start. I tell you what, I'm going to skip that one for right now. Go over to the ninth chapter. This, this is similar to the last verse, but I wanted to get this in. In verse number 10, Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Everybody agree with that? Yeah. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. See, a lot of people fear him. Of course, we're not talking about being afraid like you're afraid of a hurricane or a, or a rattlesnake. We're talking about that reverential fear. A lot of people fear God in that sense, but their knowledge is compromised. They fear him, but they don't really know him. He said, the fear of the Lord is, is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. What I'm wanting to get you to do and to see is how God really is. He's a merciful God. He forgives and heals. And in the, in the eyes of God, those two things are the same. Remember in, in Luke's gospel, the man that came when Jesus was there in the house in his hometown preaching, he was at home, he, he lived with, with Peter. And it said that the, that the whole city had gathered all of the, of the uh, Pharisees were there and the, and the teachers of the law were all gathered. And it says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. But none of them got healed. The power of the Lord was present to heal them, but none of them got healed. But there was one guy who wasn't there yet. The power, when the power of the Lord was present to heal, he hadn't even shown up. He had tried to come and couldn't get close to the house because of the crowd. And four friends took him up on the roof. And they, the Bible says they broke up the tile of the roof over where Jesus was, was teaching. Evidently, te Jesus was teaching in this, in this sort of portico, you know, and there was a courtyard out here that was full of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. And Jesus was teaching Break up the tiling, it's gonna, there's, gonna be, there's gonna be some dust. And you know, stuff's falling down, and the and the crowd's probably saying, Somebody stop those people. And, and Jesus just went ahead and kept teaching. And it wasn't a little old hole about the size of your fist. They opened up a big old hole, they let the man down in his bed. Evidently by four ropes. I mean, this was a big deal to go on when you're preaching. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, preachers struggle because people aren't paying attention. Listen, we got it pretty good. Thank God there's nobody up on the roof knocking a hole out here this morning and, you know, all this going on behind us. Jesus kept teaching. And he looked at the man and he said, Mister, he said, your sins are forgiven you. And they, of course, the religious people got mad. Who are you? You're just a man. He said, well, what's easier? To say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up and walk? That's a good question. It's one thing to say something. You can't see somebody's sins. I can say your sins are forgiven, but we don't know if there's a change. Isn't that right? But to say rise up and walk, now we're, now we're expecting to see something. He said, just so you'll know that the son of man has the authority to heal or to forgive sins, mister, get up off of your bed, 
take your bed up in your arms and go home. And he got up, tucked his bed up and his cot up under his arms and away he went. And he was the only person that was healed that day because everybody else got mad. The whole crowd got mad about it, wanted to throw him out of town. What am I saying? Healing and forgiveness go together. There's, there's no difference to God. Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up and walk? They're both equally easy with God because God put your sins and your sicknesses on the Lord Jesus on the cross and he bore all of it, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Have you found, are we still in the, in the ninth chapter of, of Proverbs? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but don't stop there. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding, become acquainted with God. For by me, by me, by who? The fear of the Lord and the knowledge of, of God. Your days will be multiplied and years of life will be added unto you. You know, I'm, I, as I get older, I like this verse. <laughs> And you know what, you know what, what really just, just, it's not amazing, it's just, it's just, it's just an indication of how, how smart God is. Notice he didn't say, by me, your years will be multiplied and days of life will be added. He said, your days will be multiplied and years will be added. God's not, I don't have time for God to multiply my years. He can add to them though. See what I'm saying? See, God is so smart. By the fear of the Lord, your days will be multiplied and years will be added to you, Doug. Isn't that good? Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. It's the will of God for those days to be full of health. Those years to be triumphant and victorious, amen, right up to the very last day, right up to the very last day, amen, glory to God, oh my, let's stand up, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, I didn't somebody catch me, glory to God, Make this determination this morning. Make this, make this renewed, renew this. If you've done this before, redo it today. Renew in your heart a determination to go for God's best. To go for God's complete and full salvation. Spirit, soul, and body. To lay hold of everything he has. Don't leave anything out. Take it all. Take all God has for you. Because God has an abundant and full salvation that covers every area of existence. Spirit, soul, 
body, relationships, finances, every realm, emotionally, physically, every realm, every realm, God has the best for you. And don't let anything discourage you. Well, I've, I've tried that healing stuff. You don't try it. That's a big mistake. Don't try it. Sometimes, sometimes you're not in a place just yet to fully claim everything you know belongs to you. Sometimes you need to take time to build yourself up in it. Sometimes you need to take a little bit extra time and just feed on the word of God and make sure you, you have that down. <clears throat> I remember one time Dad Hagen said that, that uh, his wife called him and, and one of the kids were sick and he was preaching two times a day, preaching in the morning and preaching at night. You know, had been going for weeks in this meeting and his wife called him and one of the kids were sick and so uh, he, he, he just put it out of his mind until that evening. And that evening, he said, he just got, you know, quiet and just meditated in the scriptures. Just spent some time. Before he said, I didn't pray right away. I didn't pray right off. I just took some time and just meditated in the scriptures, in God's healing, in healing scriptures. Just fed on the word, meditated, and just built myself up in that until I just was real strong in it. He said, then I prayed. Sometimes people pray when before they're ready. God's ready, but you might not be ready. See, take the time to get into the word for yourself. Not just what you hear in church, not, what you, not just what you hear, hear somebody else say, but get into the word for yourself. We didn't read it because we run out of time, but in the fourth chapter of Proverbs, it says God's words are life to those who find them and health to everything but your migraines, everything else. No, God's words are health to everything but sore feet. No, God's words are life to those who find them and health to all your flesh. Glory to God. Hallelujah, God's word will work. Amen. Take the time to feed on it, to get that word down on the inside of you to where you're more convinced of the truth of this word than you are of your own name. That you're more convinced of that God's word is true and real than you are of anything you feel or anything you're told or any circumstance that can present itself. God's word is more real to you. When you get to that place, you're in the place to... Lay hold of it by faith and to act on it. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. God wants all of us well. It is his provision. Amen. We're going to lay hold of that, aren't we? At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.